Invest in yourself today with our Insider Pro product, which gives you the career path to reach the next step in your cybersecurity journey. Join today on Cyberry.it using the discount code PODCAST. In this episode of the Cyberry Podcast, we sit down with Solen, the marketing director for Nogen, Kami Regano, the senior director of enterprise marketing, Amanda Davey, the director of business development, and Danielle Wilson, the customer success manager, all from Cyberry. They discuss the importance of inclusion and diversity in tech, In their conversation, they touch on crucial topics like the importance of women having access to mentorship opportunities and how individuals can help promote diversity in the workplace. All right, everyone, welcome back to the Cyberry Podcast. Today, we're talking about women and diversity in tech. So my name is Amanda Davey. I'm the Director of Business Development here at Cyberry. My name is Cami Regano. I am the Senior Director of Enterprise Marketing here at Cyberry. My name is Danielle Wilson. I am the manager of customer success here at Cyberry. And my name is Solène Gabelek. I'm French, and I am the marketing manager at Nodgin. We're a same startup based in Costa Rica. Excellent. Love it. All right. So maybe we can start talking about a little bit as to what Nodgin does. Do you think that would be a good place to start? And then um, what you do there specifically, and then we can sort of go into... Um, the rest of the topics. Sure. So we're uh, SIM startup. So basically we provide SIM solution, but also threat detection, uh, behavioral analysis for SMB uh, level. So basically these kind of tools were before only uh, for enterprise level uh, companies. And we decided that not only enterprise could have a good tool to detect threats and detect them very early on and also uh, respond to them. Uh, so we developed this tool uh, called CyberEasy for SMB uh, type of companies. And uh, I'm the marketing manager. So I started about a year and a half ago when we were very, very new uh, and we were just three or four employees. Uh, so I was a marketing assistant. And uh, for about the last uh, five to six months, I'm now in charge of the whole uh, marketing department. So it has been a, a big challenge, but also a very, very interesting uh, experience so far. That's awesome. And so I guess prior to being at Nogen, had you worked in the tech space before that? So not at all that the thing. Uh, I So I was uh, studying, finishing my master's degree in Costa Rica, and I wanted to stay there just because I love uh, working mm-hmm. and living abroad. Um, and I had this opportunity for a cybersecurity company, and my first thought was, but I really have no idea what cybersecurity industry is or cybersecurity in general. And I always have been very involved in uh, empowering and promoting women in all kinds of areas in general, uh, and especially now in Latin America uh, area. And my thought were, well, if you're always fighting for it and, and promoting it, then cybersecurity is actually an industry where we have one of the lowest rate of women. Uh, so you should definitely take the challenge and try to find your way in and see if you can make a difference. So that's how it started. Gotcha. Cool. Yeah, I think it's always interesting to hear just how other women get involved in tech, especially so all of us, we're all customer facing, not necessarily, you know, behind the keyboard, but still playing a big role within the tech space. So I know for me and Cami, we both just kind of out of college fell into a cyber job um, or a cyber company, I should say, um, and just have kind of been here ever since. So it's always 
interesting to hear how people come about that. Yeah, this is actually my second SaaS company that I'm working mm-hmm. for. So, you know, it's it's like you said, we have a vital role in tech companies, even if we're not the necessarily technicians or, mm-hmm. you know, different engineers and stuff. So I think women play a huge role. That's that actually what you're just saying. It's literally why they hired me at first. I very honestly and openly say to uh, my boss and the CEO of the, of the company, uh, Ken Gilmore, I was like, well, do, are you aware that I'm not from a tech field? And he was like, yes, but the thing is, as we want to go to SMB markets, uh, SMB very often they don't have the uh, internal resources to have cybersecurity experts. So it's very, um, I mean, the, the high probability that the people in the SMB, uh, they don't really know either about cybersecurity. So how are we going to market to them and how are we going to communicate to them if we're only expert? Uh, so this is why it was also my role to give a different voice to our company. And that's our really um, definition of nudging is going out of the stereotypes of the industry. So we stop with hackers in hoodies. We stop with black, scary uh, messaging. And we want to uh, go and give a better and a more approachable mm-hmm. vision of cybersecurity. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. And I think especially trying to get more women involved in those technical roles, it's really important to be able to communicate effectively you know, what the industry is actually like and how people can get involved because if they're not breaking it down, I think that is in itself a big barrier for people when they're coming onto the field is like very overwhelming as to where you start, what you do. Um, And I think that's a huge part. Even what we just, what we do here at Cybrary, I think makes a huge difference in that with our introductory courses and um, things along those lines, just really breaking it down for people to sort of see themselves in that role and representation is really important. Well, so another thing that we want to talk about, so in that same respect of having more women in tech, and I think a lot of benefit can come from, you know, empowering the women who are there kind of like us, um, who are on more of the communication focus, but also giving them sort of a pathway to becoming a coder or hands-on keyboard, whatever it is that they want to do. Um, so I guess, have you seen anything like that, that you felt really works for companies or have any opinions on that? Anyone? (laughs) Well, um, so I'm pretty proud of, our startup because we are at 25 to 30 employees and we literally have 50% of women and 50% of men. And not only in marketing communication, we do have a lot of of women in the technical team, uh, almost the half of of it actually. Uh, What I saw that really works and I think it's the key of it is that from very early stage in the company, the board, um, the four people, members of the board were conscience about these issues, their conscience about um, these challenges, and they actively and proactively decided that this will be one of our value and one of our mission as a company. So it's not only, I mean, if you're alone as a woman in, in a cyber or in any kind of company, but you're working in tech and the board and the top level management are not conscience and not really into it, it's going to be way harder. The chance and, and the opportunity that we have is from the very top management level. They're aware of these uh, issues and they want to, to fight it. 
I mean, I think everyone has an opportunity as women to make an impact in tech. I think our poster child, Gabby, she was so motivational <laughs> to so many different women, just how they she they were able to see how easily she was able to pick this up and get a job in the field. Um, and I think that was very inspirational for a lot of women to say that they, too, could get into this industry, which is typically male-dominated. So I think you just have to go against the stereotypes and go into an industry that you're not necessarily going to be familiar with or have a lot of other women or peers in that industry, but you're kind of breaking that ice. And yeah, and I think it's really important to take advantage of the resources that are available to you. I know that like, we work with quite a few different women organizations which empower women to be in the cybersecurity and technical field, which is amazing, and just doing research about those things and you know, having like a training platform and like just if you want to get your hands in it, like see what it's all about, learn about it, and then reach out, see if that's exactly what Gabby did. She just reached out to us, and you know, we started working with her because she really wanted to be involved in what cyber core missions were. So being able to utilize, I think, those resources and knowing that they are available is a really great way to also look into getting into the industry. Yeah, I think too, and what we always talk about here is like accessibility um, and breaking down the barriers of entry to the industry. And that's a lot of what we do. And so I think um, part of my role within Cybrary is to seek out those organizations that are occupying those spaces. Um, and to bring the word there because, you know, you can rely on people to come to you for certain things. But at the end of the day, it's also just making sure that you're being inclusive within the partnerships that we are forming with women, groups that leverage different benefits for minorities and things like that. Um, it's just really important to, like Cami said, just kind of do your research on those organizations Um and try to bring as much as you can to them. Um, I'm also thinking about two other aspects of it. I think one is mentorship, how once you're in there as a woman, not that it's an obligation, but it's still I really highly promote and in my team uh, in the marketing, but also in the tech, that as women we support each other, that you're the junior that just entering that we're that are just like you a couple of years ago, they feel like they can make it as well because you've been there. You know how how not skilled enough or how not good enough you feel. So don't make them feel this way and support them and make them grow. And the more you can be a mentor or you look for a mentor as well, because that's one of the big issues. There is not so much representations. So the more you can empower these people to be mentors or to in the future, then then the impact, the impact will be uh, will be way higher, I guess. Yeah. yeah, I totally agree. And I think we can start making it more of a norm at an earlier age. Um, working in the customer success team, I was fortunate enough to work with our Girl Scouts uh, collaboration that I think you set up, Amanda. And we were doing a coding camp, I believe, with um, some of the Girl Scouts of America. And I think introducing it to them at that young age really will kind of change the narrative that cybersecurity is only for men or this is a more male-dominated field and like really empower them to kind of see this in their future. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think back to sort of the mentorship thing, I think so many people think of mentorship as, you know, following somebody's career footsteps or, you know, getting the right advice as to 
what you should be learning or what new skills you should be honing in on. And I think a big part of it, especially for women, is mentorship around like the interpersonal struggles of being a woman in tech. And it's so much more than like advice around your job, but just interacting and overcoming challenges within a workspace, being the minority within the group, um, I think is really important too. That type of support is crucial for yeah, sure. Completely. The the second aspect that I was thinking as well. So I don't know in the United States uh, how you handle these guys, uh, but in Costa Rica and uh, in in Nod at Nodjin as well, what. I we are trying to do as a company uh, in the country also we really I feel like like this is the way we're going is that not to tolerate uh, any kind of discriminations or when you see something that you know it's not okay and and we're so used to it as, I mean as women as women of color we're just used to it it's normal it's part of daily life well it's not and it should not be part of of, of our life and there is something it It's not easy. I mean, it really depends on, on the, your situation and, and, and it takes a lot of courage. But mm -hmm. I, it's something that I'm really on, 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 I mean, a mission for that, that I don't allow uh, any kind of jokes or any kind of comment that I think would hurt uh, my coworker, my female coworkers, that it's just not, I don't let this go. And then one, two, three times, then it's, it's actually disappear because I have the support of the top management team. That's why I was saying earlier, it's way easier when you have a top management that share your thoughts. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, I think here, you know, we definitely have the support of our upper management as well. Um, and just even having kind of the grassroots of like a really supportive HR foundation as well. Um, shout out to Katie. We have an amazing director of HR here. Um, and even just our executives, like we said, Cyberry was founded on inclusivity and bringing training opportunities to anybody regardless of where they were in the world. And so I've seen that definitely take place within just the culture of our organization and all pieces of it. Um, and so, yeah, thankfully, they've all been very supportive in all of these different types of initiatives. But, you know, other women at organizations aren't as lucky as we are. Um, so I think it's important, like you said, no matter where you go or who you're talking to, just having that, having somebody's back um, and not being afraid to say something, especially when you do have the backing exactly. of supportive when, when you have the privilege and the backing of, of speaking out loud, you, I mean, you should do it. Yeah. Definitely. We're with you on that. So another question that we were thinking about was just more on the diversity end of the spectrum, you know, companies are always trying to highlight their diversity initiatives, um, show, you know, them being inclusive. And I think we kind of see that there's a, a balance between like tokenizing your diverse people within your organization, but then actually like proving that you're you know, putting policies in place or you're making the real changes rather than just kind of like showing it on social media. Having um, two women on the picture. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> but yeah. So I thought maybe we could talk a little bit about that and just, you know, the challenges um, that companies face when they're promoting diversity. Um, just really trying to get that word out there. I think from a personal aspect, um, being 
probably one of the largest minorities in this office as a black woman, I haven't felt any differences. And I think that's really what speaks to it. You know, you, it's one thing to just hire someone that's diverse, have them in the office. But, you know, it depends on how you're feeling in the environment of if you're being accepted, if the things that you're doing, wearing, how you represent yourself are judged or anything like that. And it's really important to be in an environment that you obviously are not feeling that way. And I appreciate that here, but I can't say that's been my experience at every role or every organization. So how have you seen like other companies and or Cyber like cultivate that type of environment? Um, I honestly think inclusivity isn't something you can really teach people. It's something that they have to genuinely believe. And it it's very real feeling that you feel from someone if they accept you or not, essentially. And I think that goes with all things diverse, not just being black or white or anything like that. Anything that you decide is how you represent yourself should be completely accepted. Um, and I think it's really about more of a feeling than it is an action. So like if I felt that what I was doing or how I was presenting myself was not being received by my peers, I think that would make me uncomfortable. Um, whereas if it's the complete opposite, you understand that there's no one really judging or putting you in that kind of box, stereotyping. So I think it's, 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 it is actions that do it, but you can't say one thing is what makes you feel this way, right? It's, like, it's an all-around interact and how you, the relationships you have with people. And at other companies I've been in, it's very obvious, you know, when someone feels a way about something that is not inclusive or not what they are agreeing on. And I think we do a really good job about making everybody feel included here and making sure everyone feels like they don't, they're not any different than anyone else, no matter what their diversity is. And so that definitely I can appreciate. No, I don't, in, I mean, being based in Costa Rica and so being I'm including myself as a Latina, but I'm not. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> I mean, we're all, I mean, we're all in Costa Rica, Central America, so we're already a minority, you know, just by where we are based. Um, it's, so we don't really have these as, uh, I mean, 90% of our office in Costa Rica are Costa Rican, or from uh, different uh, Latin American countries. Um, but yeah, it's it's also in I guess in human resources when I uh, I hire people for my for my team, I hire for skills, technical skills, but definitely and highly human human skills or human assets. I mean, there is someone. There are always people that know how to do the job. I believe, but the quality of the people or the yeah, the quality or the, or the values of the people you are hiring are going to make such a difference. So that's also something that I will definitely pick people also based on the way they see uh, an organization should work and the way they interact with others and other people's differences. And maybe that is one way you can kind of express it with your actions, right? Like if we have a standard of how we're hiring, you have to be a critical thinker, you have to be outgoing, things like that. It doesn't matter how you represent yourself as long as you're representing those values. And I think as long as we're hiring on that thought in mind versus kind of how you're presenting yourself, that's really an action that you're taking to show you're inclusive. And we have, you know, one guiding principle here, yep. and it's never let your teammates down. Yep. And that 
like takes a form in so many different ways on how you continue to, you know, work with your team and not let them down or you do let them down. Like, it's just, it's not just one thing exactly. you can do. It's like who you are exactly. and how you exactly. perform and what you do. That's not something you can just say, right? No. It's all about how you're carrying yourself and the things you're doing within the organization. So you have to kind of show it. And I think too, just kind of getting back to the, the like tech roots of all of this, it's like when you're hiring for diverse backgrounds, I mean, Everybody knows statistically that's been proven to just improve just communication and brainstorming within your organization. You know, when you're hiring people from all different areas of life, it is proven to benefit your your product at the end of the day because you kind of avoid that like groupthink mentality. Um of just one type of person if you're not looking to hire outside of that. So kind of going back to what you said, it's very much a conscious effort starting at the very beginning to make that a priority um, for your organization. And it's it's something I don't I don't really understand. I mean, yeah, I don't really understand how a company could actually cut themselves from the amazing benefit of having such a diversity of people thinking differently with different backgrounds because they all have their own stories. So the more diverse a team is, the more innovative it's going to be. So even for your own company on, on a very rational business point of view, it's it's just amazing to to have people with different ideas, different perception. They're going to see a, an issue or a problem and they're going to think on a, on a different way about it. And that is brilliant. I mean, I guess for any kind of company nowadays with, with the digital world we're living in and, and the international world we're living in, like basing yourself on just one type of person, it's, it's almost, I don't know, just... And I think that's that probably where a lot of the time the there's a lot of issues with diversity and inclusion because there's people that don't think that way. There's people who feel that there is only a certain group or set of people who have the right thoughts, especially in tech, you can be very closed minded. You know, if you're in a space where it's very like cut and dry as to what's right and wrong almost, or, you know, technical tech background is very like black and white, essentially, like it is right or wrong if you're doing these things. And some people don't think that other people outside of that space have a good opinion on it. Whereas I think we've been able to prove that that's completely untrue. Um, and I think that's a lot of cases in some some businesses, particularly when I was at previously, where they don't really value everyone's thoughts or opinion on everything because they don't value who it's coming from, not what you're saying. And basically because of who you are, what you represent, your thoughts and, and ideas can't be validated. And that's where I think we have a lot of issues with diversity within the workspace, not here, but in the industry. Yeah. And so do you think like being at that or thinking back to that organization, is there anything that you can think of maybe unique ways that organizations can kind of come back from that and, or even just getting more diversity within your organization? Um, I feel like for us, you know, we're still a really small team as well. I know we have a global presence at Cybrae, but internally we're, we're still pretty small. Um, and so we're kind of at the forefront of that as for our organization, kind of building those partnerships and getting within those communities and doing what we can. Um, so I know going from here, it's only going to get bigger. Um, 
But, you know, there's definitely something to say about what other ways companies can go about. I think it's awareness is the number one thing, bringing it to everyone's attention, because if you are the minority, you're you're typically the only person feeling that way. So you have to express that so that other people who are open minded can help you make a change. Um, In that organization, I actually was one of the founders of our diversity team in diversity and leadership. So we then after a few people expressed it and then it kind of got published in the news and I won't say who, but basically that there were no women on the board of an org- in, in an industry that is typically women, women dominated. Um, so there had to be a change, essentially. They kind of had no choice but to address it. And so then once the awareness was brought out, and sometimes a lot of times in these situations, people are scared to speak up to their yeah. upper level management, especially in super strict corporate environments. And so until you bring that awareness and start making an action for change, um, those people are still just going to continue to feel that type of way. And a lot of times not going to be bold enough to step up and talk about it. Mm-hmm. So Sometimes it takes people who are outside the minority to recognize it, right? So, like, there are other people within the organization that have open minds but mm-hmm. maybe aren't in leadership or maybe aren't making the direct influences to the minorities in the organization. Yeah. So those people have to then step up and start making that communication and awareness to everyone else yeah. so that the change can be ha- started somewhere. Yeah, and I think there's something to say for that, not even just within an organization, just in general, like diversity Absolutely. and supporting minorities and just being that ally. And if you are blessed to have that opportunity to have your voice be heard by the people that are instilling that change, like you have to kind of step up and be that voice and not be afraid to exactly to say something. And a lot of times it'll be more impactful if it's not coming from the person who's suffering from it, right? Like, because you don't want to seem like you're complaining or Mm-hmm. trying to get pity from anyone. But if someone who actually believes in what you're trying to stand up for speaks about it and they're not the minority, that kind of helps bring awareness to other people that are like them. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really important to do within a workplace because it just takes one person kind of making the awareness, starting the awareness, right, mm-hmm. for it to kind of get contagious yeah. in the space. So yeah. yeah, it's not just one person's issue. Exactly. Well, I'll say yes and no. I mean, I'll say yes and no to that yet, just because I'm thinking if a male would actually speak up for myself. Uh, it's still, I will still get pretty annoyed that like they'll listen to them because he's a man. But I do understand your point as well, but I'll be like, ah, I can do it. Like it's the same. Yeah. So it might be a good starting point, but there's also, I mean, and we know that, I guess there's also as you're not part of the minority, so you have more visibility. So how good it feels to feel validated and to have the space to speak up. So why would you give up the space then if everybody's looking at you and and encouraging or saying like, oh yeah, that's great what you're saying. And wow. So maybe as a ally or uh, as someone, yeah, as an ally, that'd be good to start speaking about the issue or, or the concern. But very quickly, I'll say it's also a very important part of the job to just like step back or, or step next to the, the actual minority and give them the space, like mm-hmm. appropriate the space. But then, you know, you're not the one actually suffering from it. So just step back and give the light to the one that deserve it. With you on that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. 
feel like we kind of touched on all this. Did you have anything on yours? I have yeah, another subject because I'm very, I'm super happy to see uh, that we're four young ladies and, and we're very uh, motivated, I guess, and uh, aware. I'm not sure. I don't know if like 30 years ago or 15 years ago, that was the same. I I don't know. But I, I'm very, I mean, it really makes me feel super happy. What about the, also the researches I made before doing this episode, um, I see that we're getting better in tech to have more women, but it's still at a junior level. And we have a, I think it was a 50, yeah, a 50 leave, the, a 50% of women leave the field of tech or STEM industry uh, after some time, especially, and, and we still are struggling when top executive level. So um, I'm very happy to see us. I'm just hoping to see you in like 10, 15 <laughs> years. Uh, I stop role model, but it's it's also there. It's like, I guess now it's changed. I feel like it's changing, but it's changing mm -hmm. on the base level. Uh, I'm not still completely sure on what can we do to have this representation and have these role models when it comes to very like top executive uh, management yeah. role. Uh, I mean, I don't have kids or anything, but I guess it's also, you know, it, it yeah. has to be like such a deeper issue. Yeah, I think that's a huge part of it and not not wanting to like only say women with kids are experiencing this issue. But I think that is a huge part of it, just like work balance, family life and especially since the tech industry is newer, um, you know, given the last like 10, 20 years, um, this big kind of Silicon Valley boom that's happening, still happening. Um, it's like there are no real procedures or processes in place at an HR level for women who are having kids. So it's like, you know, we're starting at our careers here. And so if we do choose to have a family at any point, you know, the, that support is very much lacking. And I know that's a huge, you know, U.S. issue um, as opposed to worldwide. But um, it's, you know, say if Danielle wants to go ahead and start a family, if she's at an organization that doesn't support, did, or I guess doesn't give her the support that she needs to then come back and continue her career. You know, you need to have that support in place to be able to go and take that time, but also be able to jump right back in with your family and be able to continue to that executive level position. And I think that's where you see a lot of people drop off is because they're not getting that support. Um, and that's just one component of it. I, again, I don't want to make it like a family thing. But it's, but yeah, it's it a definitely huge plays, part of it. Plays. Yeah, it's a huge part of inclusion because we're the only ones that would have to go through that, right? Yeah. So Shocker. Right. <laughs> <laughs> a man doesn't need three months off of work to care for their newborn, um, even if they are a husband or anything in case. And it's very that would be amazing. Yeah. That would be. <laughs> I think they should they still should, get they that. They should stay. <laughs> they should but take I, care I of it. I know you're saying physically. Right, yeah. right. And so um, they're not having this big gap. Mm -hmm. in their career or exactly. anything like that or then having to balance for a lot of single moms taking care and raising children on their own yeah. and working and balancing their work life so it's like such a culture like a burnout culture right and so it's and that does not jive with raising a family or putting any type of other priorities before that mm -hmm. um, so I think that's a huge part of it but but that could be amazing, though, is that our generation that now is aware of that and we see these 
women. I mean, we already are, uh, and and we should even do it more, but like we're helping each other, we're supporting each other. So if we keep doing that during all our career, then hopefully, I mean, we're also going to make the change. Yeah, we're going to make the change um, in what, I mean, the more we grow mm-hmm. as a professional. So this top executive level that we don't, female top executive level that we don't really see might, I mean, I want to believe that it's going to be us at some point, honestly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, but will, yeah, it's, right? it's, it will. <laughs> just be ready for it. it <laughs> no, but that's yeah, definitely. If we just need to also keep empowering each other, mm-hmm. I guess all yeah. the way. Yeah, I think Absolutely. everything we've talked about has like kind of come back to that. Yep. Um, just supporting each other and that mentorship. That's not just about career moves, but also the resources that we all need to be successful. That everyone needs and is entitled to. In conclusion, <laughs> women are amazing. Hire more of them. <laughs> Go for it. More diversity, right. more innovation, more money. Yeah, absolutely. I'm with that. <laughs> that was Women in Tech with Nojin and Cyberry. So thanks so much for listening and tune in next time. Thanks. Bye. <laughs> Hey, this is Thor. Thanks for listening to the Cyberry podcast and make sure to check back next Wednesday for our newest episode.